thank you very much, uh, Bart. Great solo. Uh, so thank you for that. I always say when I when I'll grow up, uh, I want to be like Bart. So uh, cool as ever. Thank you for that. My name is Yaniv. Uh, not a long time to cover a large project, a large uh, large topic. So twenty nine years old, married, a one year old uh, kid with a golden retriever, which can be an extra boy sometime. A developer, data engineer, architect uh, for quite a while, uh, working with a lot of uh, big data projects, data warehouses, and building real-time pipelines. CEO and co-founder of uh, of Memphis Dev, uh, alongside with my first, with my uh, four best friends from college. Um, and when I have some free time, nature, sea, football, or soccer, and hanging out with friends, I always like to start with a quick intro slide about me. Um, so Memphis, just a quick side, it's not this deck or this this talk is not about uh, Memphis, but just uh, so people would be aware of. So what is Memphis? So we have we are a message broker with the same behavior as Kafka and uh, pools are just uh, that we're just given gave their their uh, their session about. Uh, we also implemented the same behavior as produce consume infinite scale and a message broker in the very simple shape of it on top of uh, on top of kubernetes so we are um, cloud native by design but modern so multiple protocols and languages so all the way from http websocket webassembly grpc uh, all the way to client side libraries um, java rust go python um, and 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 soon to be scala as well uh, fast troubleshooting and DLQ, something that we really, as a former developers ourselves, we something that we are really uh, highly invested in. So uh, provide the ability to find root cause analysis around event-driven application and architecture can be a nightmare. Uh, so we really try to help out with different features and mechanisms that we implemented inside Memphis uh, to find root cause in both uh, at the data layer and also in the infrastructure layer. Modular connectors. Um, we took the idea. Um, we love the idea of our how Hellbyte did it. So basically, everyone can just implement their own connectors without waiting for the vendor team. So that's the exact thing that that we implemented. So a framework of connectors that everyone can just implement their own uh, connector as they need, and better data quality. So. Better data quality. Data quality in general is something that is really um, in the media lately. Um, we have so many data producers uh, of so many protocols and so many types um, around partners and marketing and different infrastructure and, and uh, events that shoots us, that shooting at us uh, from different interfaces, both internally and externally. Um, so um, we're really making sure by using schema management or how we call it schema verse and data contracts embedded inside Memphis uh, to help developers and our users to ensure data quality uh, while they're doing data streaming uh, with Memphis Blocker and with Apple-like developer experience, um, which I think is the most important part. Um, working with Memphis is easy and, uh, and implementing Memphis and implementing use cases on top of Memphis is really, really easy. So. Basically, a quote from our users, three minutes to do in Memphis, what took me a week and a half in Kafka. So definitely um, doing a lot of work there and sync SQL, not just data. So at the end of the day or um, at the other side of the pipeline, we also provide ability to shoot SQL statements. 
um, and not just raw data to be uh, to be recited on the other side. Um, again, to help reduce the work or the amount of code that the developers uh, require to do around building event-driven or real-time applications and pipelines. So that is Memphis. It's not our talk. Our talk is about data streaming. Um, so I'd love, um, I, I've been in uh, Big Data London uh, recently and I've, and I've seen this sentence and I think it summarized the entire concept of data streaming. So would you cross the street with data from 10 seconds ago? Um, so in general, it means that in the past years, we've been uh, patient enough to receive data or generate outputs in seconds. Uh, but nowadays um, we're talking about milliseconds, and and let's let's figure it out a bit more about data streaming before reaching out how how we can how we can actually do it or implement a solution. So data streaming is all about frames and not bulk. So instead of analyzing or moving your data in batch, um, we need to start changing our mindset and working on frames or a single event or a single message. And do a pre-processing or inline processing and not post-process. And we in the coming slide, we will understand why it's so important um, to make this transition towards data streaming because working in batch is probably much more simpler than working with data streaming. Um, but as we will understand in the coming minute, um, there are some use cases that you just can't do um, or you won't be able to get enough performance. Uh, when you're working as a whole and not uh, frame by frame. Um, another crucial thing in data streaming is that the data tab is always open. So there is no windows, there is no uh, breaks. Data is always ingested and always flowing to our systems, to our microservices, to our data lake, and data in motion between different services. So usually when we work with batch uh, or when we process in batch, um, we have a single source of truth, so probably a data warehouse that ingested and that all the data ingested into it, and then we can, in our available time, do some processing on top or run some SQL statements and do it on um, basically large time windows that uh, that allows us to um, freely analyze and, and transform the data on top of the data warehouse. So data streaming is really about data in motion. So it's flows between different services, different applications, and we need to control all those flows um, in some way. So that's that's the complexity of, of doing data streaming and not having a single source of truth uh, for our data. So, second, um, so streaming uh, make things complicated. Why do we need it? So data is going too fast to process as a whole, and we need faster results, right? Because um, we mentioned that in the last years we've been tolerate um, we, we tolerate seconds of uh, of response time or latency, and nowadays we need milliseconds. Um, and I used I used a use case or or a quote from one of our users. Um, it's a company that's creating a really revolutionizing um, collaboration security, um, and they build these amazing algorithms that can take large amount of data and process it in, in minutes and, and get a, a full picture of there, if there is some breach between the communication of the internal entity inside the organization. So it takes them three minutes to process like 
a huge a huge amount of data inside a, a very large and branched organization, but it takes them an hour to bring the data. And when we and when we speak about or talk about cyber cybersecurity use cases, just imagine that you have some breach or um, some threat inside your organization that has been live for for seconds, even not minutes, not hour, uh, but seconds. Imagine the amount of damage that they can do, and if we are if we implement um, such a use case uh, or su- such an application that can uh, that can protect us from different breaches and threats, we definitely need uh, to process or or reveal an outcome uh, much sooner in seconds or in milliseconds. So we've talked about data streaming, talked about why do we need it, and there is also minor thing that we should uh, that we should be aware of. So data streaming has different infrastructure characteristics than uh, working with batch. So spikes, spikes, spikes. Um, and I think if I need to summarize it, it means uncertainty. So um, unexpected workloads in data streaming is something that is happen uh, that it happens um, really often. So high memory consumption and unexpected workloads. That's something that can that we can expect to happen. Um, in 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 quite often um, in the modern organization, so basically we can have certain or we have we can have one producer, one data producer that can basically crash our entire cluster, um, or a message broker or a data lake. So we need to be aware that um, that the workloads can spike and it would be um, consuming high uh, and it would be uh, it would consume um, large amount of memory, and so. We need to be aware of it when we prepare our infrastructure for uh, for such use cases or such environments. Storage can uh, that should sustain thousands of IOPS and fast readings, and also security. So um, nowadays we have hundreds of uh, or thousands of different consumers and producers. Uh, how do we control the entire thing? How do we audit of who consumed what and who did what to to the data while in transit? And so definitely security. And if I need to summarize the entire um, concept is scale on demand made by code and triggered by events. So those are like um, the main consideration um, when when you start to work with um, data streaming or creating an internal data streaming platform. Um, So data streaming, infrastructure characteristics, why on Kubernetes? So again, scale on demand made by code and triggered by event. And those are the things that we can receive when we work with uh, when we work with uh, with Kubernetes. So we get the hardware abstraction uh, right in, instead of uh, um, um, be attached to our compute or storage. We get that abstraction that Kubernetes beautifully gives us. Um, so we get this the, the attachment of decoupling. Uh, between the hardware and compute um, and and to the application itself, cost effectiveness. So if we talked about unexpected workloads, just imagine that we need to wake up some um, an, a DevOps engineer in the middle of the night saying, listen, I need to get that output from our data streaming or from our streaming app, and I need more scale or more power to do so. Um, instead of just be able to speak with the Cube API, and 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 run actions that would scale our pods or scale our compute resources automatically based on events. So it 
happen, it can happen only on Kubernetes and less with um, EC2 or virtual machines. And last but not least, scalability. So as we as we already know, as mature engineers with Kubernetes, that scalability in Kubernetes environment um, compared to EC2s, virtual machines, bare metal servers um, is definitely um, a different world. Um, and it makes our lives a, a much more easier to, to scale uh, when unexpected workloads um, uh, are, are coming. And, and so data streaming on Kubernetes definitely uh, make things much easier uh, in times of need. And in data streaming or work, when working with streaming application, it's often uh, a reason much faster or much sooner than you think so. Um, so definitely, if you already started to work through or um, to encapsulate such a solution or build your own data streaming platforms or solution inside your organization, definitely make sure that you put under your consideration uh, to do it on top of Kubernetes. Um, just a quick overview of the landscape today. So we have Pulsar, Apache Pulsar, which is a great, uh, which is a great solution uh, for running a message block or a streaming um, streaming queues on top of Kubernetes. We definitely have Memphis. And we would love uh, we would love to be uh, to be used by by the community. And we also have the new uh, the new product in town. So it's StreamZ, which basically does um, Kubernetes version of uh, of Kafka. And definitely should check out whoever uh, uses uh, Kafka. And that is uh, that is all from my side. I hope that I succeeded to do so in. 15 minutes.